table and you're just sitting there like you're just gonna spit it like you don't have to yeah ask. yeah because i i fucking live on kawara oh you're doing this <laughs> yeah i was trying to oh. recreate it oh okay we're not don't use that That's if stupid. there's one thing i on, can try to recreate it again because i'm like an amazing actress but if there's one thing on kawara teaches us is that each moment can never be repeated whoa hence me not needing notes because i'm just like that Hey, Eric. Hey. What is more romantic than going to the top of the Empire State Building on Valentine's Day? <sighs> going going down to the, <laughs> going downtown on Valentine's Day. <laughs> going downtown to Chinatown on Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, I just rhymed town and town, but um, I don't know. Why? Is there something that Encore did on Valentine's Day? No, it's sweet? going to the Guggenheim to see the Encore show on Valentine's oh. Day. That's what I did. Nice. Happy birthday, Cupid. <laughs> is that like how Christmas is Santa's birthday and Valentine's Day is Cupid's birthday? I assumed. I mean, where? what is the origin of uh, Valentine's Day? St. Valentine's Day, is that, I mean, there's the St. Valentine's Day massacre. That has nothing to do with the origin of Valentine's Day, though. But I think there was a massacre on Valentine's Day. I just assume it's like the same as the origin of St. Patrick's Day, which it almost is. Oh, that's when he chased all the snakes out of Ireland. No, I thought he just like brought- No, he chased the cat, no, he He chased the Protestants out of Ireland. (laughs) Yeah, he brought Catholicism to Ireland. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Wait, that doesn't make sense, though. There was no, if there was no Catholicism, there were no Protestants. No, I think he chased the indigenous religions out of Ireland. Yeah, and he brought them the shamrock, which represents the Holy Trinity. I do think he did also chase the uh, snakes out (laughs) of Ireland, and that's why there's no snakes in Ireland Um, to this day. Yeah, I don't know. But anyways. It's I, like that song, There's No Snakes in Ireland by Toto. It's the B-side of uh, Rain in Africa. Okay. Look it up, folks. It's on Discogs. Um, so today's episode will be about Anquara, the conceptual painter and artist. But first. What is a conceptual painter? Because I hear that term a lot. Um, and... A conceptual artist who's also a painter, I guess is what I really meant to say. Well, when I was uh, in grad school and I heard that term around, I I was like, oh, that's like a perfect way to still be a painter and conceptual. And then I think I found a book on it and it was really just an anthology of like really stupid philosophy texts that are probably really important. (laughs) And I was like, I can't. I was like, oh, I'm going to get a book and then I'll finally know what that idea means. And then I was like, oh, there's not even any pictures in it. What I guess that's what a conceptual painter would be like. I don't look at pictures of paintings. I read words about thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess when I think of conceptual art as a movement, I think it's um, something where the idea or like the action of making it is more important than the aesthetic or the final product of how it looks. But I would argue that that is not on Kawara. No. So, yeah. And that's a whole other thing. You go into the aesthetics of conceptual art because yeah. it has a look. This definitely has the yellow the paper. look of it, but the it's also paper. very beautiful. But we're the getting too page. we're getting too far into it without explaining who Encore is and what the work is like. Oh my god! You know what? But if Encore were alive today, 
he would fucking have a podcast. Still alive. Still alive. If he were still alive. That is he not. Would, no, dude, check this out. He would have a podcast and every day it would just say the date and it would be like 13 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to subscribe to our other podcast that we just invented, you can go to. Date. On Kawaracast. On Kawaracast. Dot. Tumblr.com. So, no, yeah. that's not real. Um, but no, what we would do is record a whole bunch in one sitting, and then you would just program them to release. Yeah, that's what I did. Because you can look okay. ahead and you can say like, oh, in two months, it's going to be Saturday, uh, June 3rd. I actually did that. Saturday, I sent my June Twitter 3rd, to tweet. 2015. I sent my Twitter to tweet every hour, and people freaked out about it. Wow. They're like. They were like, what are you doing? Like, they didn't what just did like- What did you just say? Like, it's the hour. No, I just tweeted whatever time it was. Oh. I was like, 11.58 p.m. Jan- January 15th. I don't even remember what day it was. And I just did that every hour. Would and you then- do that like through Hootsuite or something? Yeah, I just staged them all to go out. Oh, and you just said, I'm going to have this tweet at 11.35. And then you wrote, your 11. message was, it's 11.35? <laughs> yeah. Um, and people like text messaged me like, what is going on you with okay? your Twitter? <laughs> I was like, I'm just doing a conceptual project. What you should do is say it's 1135. Man, you should see her tapping that ass and then have a, a bit.ly link. I don't even know what that's supposed to be. Well, because everyone always, there's like, it's always like they get spam? a- spam? Yeah, there's like a spam Twitter bot. <laughs> oh, like to just already staged to go out. Yeah, and yeah, then there, just... and it's always like it's always really telling because I don't fall for it, but then I always see like certain people uh, that do, and it's really funny because then they DM everyone. No, and okay. then you're you know it's, so it's all like oh my god I can't see you doing that in that picture, and then it's it's just a spam link that hijacks your Twitter. Yeah, don't click that. So before we get into the nitty gritty of Anquara, we have a Christopher Williams update. <laughs> um, and our Christopher uh, Williams update for today is that Christopher Williams was Christopher Williams, the production line of happiness at the Art Institute of Chicago, was nominated for the 2014 AICA Awards, the International Association of Art Critics Awards, and is nominated in the... Wait, the AICA? No, the A... I just read it. Yeah, AICA, International Art... No, the art... What's the first A stand for? (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. It's the International Association of Art Critics. But, but its, it's acronym is the AIC. acronym is backwards. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm being told we're getting word. This just in, it's French. But it says a it's A I C A U S A. Oh. <laughs> anyway, this hey. was it's nominated as the best best monographic museum show nationally. Nice, because when you said that, you're like, uh, this show at the Art Institute is nominated for the AIC Awards of Best Show <laughs> at the be Art funny. Institute. So we'll keep you posted. What is he? Who is he up against? Uh, oh, my God, so many things. Uh, um, the Imitation Game. Keith, a Keith Haring show. A Meryl Simon. Streep. Oh, he's against, si- he's against Simon Starling at the MCA. Whoa. Metamorphology. Okay. Um, so it's So it's... Uh, That's going to be a tough race. Yeah. So wait, who are they again? Christopher They're... Williams, 
et cetera, et cetera. Robert Smithson, Robert Motherwell. All the rest of them are named Robert. Really? No. Oh. There's like 15 things. Read them. I want to hear them. Because then we can pick. We can do our picks. And then on the day. I can't even pronounce half of these artists. All right. Uh, Jean-Michel Basquiat. (laughs) I know how to pronounce that. Sort of. At least Pablo Picasso. No. Um, It's Van Gogh. Okay. Uh, this is Pierre the, Huig. It's the first one I can't Oh, is one of them Pierre Huig? Huig no. at the uh, LACMA, I believe. No, why don't you just read it? All right. That was him reaching. Holy phone. shit. I told you there was like. One of them is Pierre Huig at oh, I wasn't looking. LACMA. Now, for all our listeners out there, that's my understanding. That's how it's pronounced. Uh, whenever anyone says, no, it's Pierre Huey, I, I disagree. You know what's stupid about that list, though? There's like 15 shows nominated nationally, and then there's like 15 shows nominated for only New York. That's mm. dumb. Yeah. Okay, so we've got Beatrice Milhazes. I'm sure I said that wrong, but that's whenever I see it written that way, that's what I think. Uh, the aforementioned uh, Christopher Williams. Uh, the aforementioned Pierre Huy. Pierre Huey. Uh, P- Keith Herring, I think is how you say it. I said that one already. Oh, Simon Starling, Richard Estes Realism. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's going to win. <laughs> uh, Dear Nemesis, Nicole Eisenman. Which like supposed to clap. No, no, no. They're like, oh, there only used to be 20 nominees, but they thought they would broaden the horizon. Uh, oh, there's not that many. Mel Chin. Oh, at New Orleans Museum of Art. Robert Motherwell, the East Hampton years. Sounds so posh. John Zurier, Matrix 255. And Robert Smithson's New Jersey, Montclair (laughs) Art Museum, Montclair, New Jersey. Montclair was uh, by where my brother was living in New Jersey. He rode his bike around there, and allegedly that's where Stephen Colbert lives. So I hope he went to see that show. Shout out to Stephen Colbert. No, he hates culture. He's a Republican. A faux Republican. I wonder what kind of earth art you would make in New Jersey. I'm just, I'm sure that it was like a museum show, but I'm just like imagining if he had made like an outdoor earth yeah. sculpture. Well, Montclair should... is like a very wealthy <laughs> suburb in New Jersey. Well, I recommend you check out, uh... oh, well, there's a whole category, best monographic museum show in New York. That's what I just said. But we've got Sigma Pulka. Okay. Alabis, Jeff Kuntz at the Whitney Museum of uh, American Arts. Chris Gaines. Oh, I'm sorry. Charles Gaines. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, these are mostly boring things. (laughs) So anyway, we'll keep you posted if Christopher Williams does indeed win that award. Uh, Margot Bergman, greetings at Corbett versus Dermsey in Chicago for best show in a commercial space nationally. There are many, many categories, so you can read them on your own. Um, So in terms of land art in New Jersey, uh, Robert Smithson did a piece, a photo essay about uh, Passaic, New Jersey. I think they're like monuments of Passaic, New Jersey or something like that, Um, where he went around and he, you know, photographed like waste... uh, tunnels sp- hmm. spraying sewage out into the water and stuff so mm. he like 
he went around and looked at the desolate landscape of New Jersey. But like Montclair is kind of nice though, oh. just for anyone who lives there who right. feels bad right now. They have a swimming pool <laughs> in the country club. <laughs> this just in Montclair got a swimming pool. Fancy. Um, okay, so uh, where should we begin to explain on Kawara and his life and practice? I don't know. You have a lot of notes. I do have a lot of notes. I took a lot of notes. Well, those were avid I take listeners. Lots of notes. <laughs> Our avid listeners will hopefully have listened to the previous our New Year's special episode, um, which was a performance that we did in honor of Anquara mm-hmm. and for the new year, because Anquara is obsessed with years and time and documenting lifetime and time into infinity um, mm, and a lot of other things. Not quite. Well, No, yeah. the Polish guy is about to infinity and beyond. Well, okay, at least a million years into the future yeah. and a million years into the past. Yeah, so, that's a lot, but it's not that much because I think you need a like. Yeah, that isn't infinity, but you definitely feel the sense of how short one lifetime is within yeah. that amount of time. Yeah. Um, but Anquar has a it's performance like oh. mm-hmm. called One Million Years," which we're alluding to, where it's a big what series a, of volumes. It was books, yeah. Yeah. Um, that lists. I think there were books before they became a performance. Mm -hmm. Um, It lists all of the years. In case you're wondering. (laughs) No, all of the years, one million years into the past, starting from 1969, and then one million years future goes one million years into the future from 1981. Oh, dude. That's like my birth year. So I I am like the future. So what's if the If you gap? live to be a million years old, like you should just No, no, I'm like the second coming of Christ. They're like it's it's like you've got everything before 1969, all the sexy stuff, and then you've got like the apocalypse. Mhm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um well, anyway, that, so this That book, observation is withdrawn. These giant tomes were turned into a performance, one of only to the, that work is considered ongoing. All of his series were ongoing until he died last year. So. And then they had to run into a studio and hurriedly write the end date. <laughs> well, that because it's a performance is is an mm. ongoing series, um, and I can't remember the name of the series. But he also has a uh, selection of one week's worth of paintings that they hang in the classrooms of children. With no explanation or education around them. They just hang them in classrooms around the world. I think it's called Get Back to Work. (laughs) That is also an ongoing performance. Um, But so we did our own version. So one man. That's like, that seems like really like cruel. (laughs) Well, the kids. Like there's all these kids and then there's just this black and white stark painting that's just like some random date and it's just like hovering over you. Well, you know, it teaches them about. The days, you know. Yeah, it's, but they, it's just like it's just like we're all dying, kids. <laughs> but they don't know that because they didn't have it. You know, they don't understand their own mortality. They're kids. No, that's why. But years later, they're like traumatized by it, and they're like, <laughs> they'll I have find this. out about it in retrospect. They won't like, even. It'll be one of those kid memories where you're like, is that even real? Like, because you're a kid and you're like, oh, I'm sure people do this weird shit all the time. And then you get older, and then you realize that was fucking weird that you went to a kindergarten that had these black paintings with white text that said that these days that never existed 
or that that you weren't alive you didn't exist when these days were on there and then and that's weird yeah but that's a a lot what i felt when i saw this exhibition Mm -hmm. because i yeah i was like eerie to think about the paintings that were made and i wasn't even alive and wouldn't Mm. even be alive for like two decades yeah um and you think about the people in your life who were alive and what what were they doing on that day um etc uh but so one million years the performance is a, a man and a woman and they read the years in order uh for one hour so that's what we did but we didn't read the years do you want to explain what we read oh what we did Hmm. no uh, okay <laughs> Do you just want me to do it? I don't know. Should this we is one it? man and one woman. We have to take turns reading it because of you know egalitarianism and such. What uh, we were? Um, why should we explain it? Should it just be out there? I guess he explained it. He explained his shit. Well, I just wanted to explain what the subtitles are. Oh, okay, sure. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. <laughs> so, Anquara had a series called the Today series. Well. Yeah, that's still a thing. It, they called yeah, well they called it today. I think it was the re- I think it was like the and then quote unquote today series. Yeah. And so it wasn't like the full title wasn't the today series. The title was the to- today series. <laughs> today. The series. <laughs> yeah. It was on WPN or no, the UPN from 1997 until 2004. Many people Today, don't know this, series. but that is what the Today Show was based on, was the oh, series. Yeah. Oh, that would actually be really good. <laughs> that would be a lot better than what the Today Show actually is. Um, yeah, so how do you feel about this, how there's the Daily Show and then it's immediately followed by the Nightly Show? Weird, because the Daily Show always was at night. But I do like the Nightly Show, so yeah. I don't mind. I like At Midnight. Whoa, man. Comedy Central has this whole evening lineup that is like totally on Kawarian. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> it is true. Um, so and then the, the week after Colbert when they didn't know what to do and they were like, it's At, at Midnight at, at 1130. 11... <laughs> and then I was like, it's at 1030 because we're in the central time. I do miss that. They used to say shit like that where they'd be like 930, 830 Central on TBS, on Nickelodeon. Yeah, but it's pretty funny when the show is called At Midnight. Yeah. Catch Snick at 8, 9 Central. (laughs) 9, 8 Central. Yeah, it's weird that because I do have a strong memory of that, but you wouldn't, if you grew up on the East Coast or West Coast, you wouldn't know that. That's a Midwestern thing. thing. Represent. In the Turner Broadcasting Networks, the other thing that was really fucking weird is shit would start at 05. Whoa. Like all the shows started at 05. Is that like to add extra commercials? Yeah, I think it was like they were trying to... Uh, disrupt the flow because you know like the worst thing ever and I, I think it's like a collusion of networks like when there's you're like oh these commercials are awful and then you try to find another show and everyone's a commercial and it's like sort of oh. this agreement where they're like well if we're all a commercial then, then we have, have to, the we, radio we stations all, do that too we all have more that. likelihood that people will return to us and so we we at least won't be losing viewers to our competitors is my theory and then Turner Broadcasting System was like no, oh, I'm gonna fuck that. with that shit. I'm either gonna steal steal your viewers or make make viewers I potentially have uh, see twice as many commercials because <laughs> they would surf through commercials and be like, "I'll see what's on TBS," and then they'd be like, "Oh shit!" So yeah, the Today 
<laughs> paintings. Um, Encore would paint a painting, and that painting would have the day that that painting was painted paint on, on the, painted right. on it. <laughs> so, oh, it's not so easy. <laughs> and if he couldn't finish the painting on that day, he would destroy it, which everyone makes a really big point of saying, but I, I couldn't find in any of the literature that I reviewed if that happened very often. Yeah, they Some never of the said. paintings are small, and but I was watching a video from the Guggenheim today, and they said that it would take him between three and five hours to paint. Oh, paintings. yeah. No, there's that, that Dia book I have where it's like they just show all the steps and then you see the clock ticking away. And then mm-hmm. you're like, what the fuck else did he do that day? Well, that's the crazy part is that he did so much other stuff because he had all these ongoing projects and he was mm-hmm. doing them all simultaneously for like decades. And I don't know how he had time to do anything. Especially since he was waking up at 4 p.m. so many days, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Um, that's that's ironic, no? You know, a man who makes work about time, like, has no time for his life. Oh, my God. It's true. Um, so the titles of each of the paintings is whatever the day is, <laughs> logically. And then the subtitle is something chosen by Ankara, either a headline or something that he did that day or sometimes, like, his grocery list. Remember that one that was just, like, milk? Um, or it rained today. Um, yeah, but then he's like flirting with it where he was like, he called it Sunday and then he called it today and then mm-hmm. he kind of played around s- and then he just did away with the subtitles. Yeah, there's a stretch that it's only the day of the week. Um, but that became the ultimate uh, style. The yeah. The convention at a certain point, mm-hmm. it just became, instead of saying, you know, first man on the moon, it was just, for me, it was a Tuesday. And uh, in the exhibition, there was a really beautiful suite of paintings that were just called Sundays. Um, and it was just taken from many, many decades. Um, mm-hmm. All all were Sundays. Um, and my friend Carla, who I was at the exhibition with, was really moved by that. And Why? Because it was just beautiful, too. I mean, and I think all of the paintings are sort of um, vague and they're all the same in some ways, but... On the one hand, they're sort of saying like all time is kind of the same. In the other yeah. sense, you have this feeling of that each moment is unique and idiosyncratic. And I guess when you're reminded that they're not just a random date, you know, when you hear February they are 18th. A random date. Yeah, but it's like simultaneously random and meaningless and also very particular. <laughs> did, did, did you hate the room full of Mondays? <laughs> Like those paintings are awful. I love it. Oh, I mean, isn't yeah. that the point of the thing? Is like, oh, these are just day. You know, like how how is this group of days because they're Sunday more beautiful? Yeah. I, well, no, it just not Sunday, but just I mean, it could have been a group of Mondays, and it still would have been really meaningful. But there's all these um, sub series, I guess, of the Today series that he was only able to make after having made them for 40 years. What do you mean sub-series? Um, well, the, or, the exhibition is organized by like chapters or sort uh-huh. of different um, things. So he'll have, he has a series, Man Walked on the Moon, which are the only paintings that are big because of the significance of that day for him, um, which kind of goes against everything that he believes that sometimes yeah, I feel significant like I'm learning things all these can things happen. I don't want to know. 
Well, because I always was like, how does he decide the size? And then, like, as I know as well, he got older, our... he's like, it's too hard to make these big ones now. Yeah. Well, although I read that um, in in two thousand, he had to make them slightly bigger. He had a, a like a regular size, and then he had to make them a little bit bigger because the two took up more space. Oh. So he had to increase it by like a. Yeah, because he'd been painting all those an ones for a while. Yeah. Um, but. Apparently, the walking man walked on the moon are the only series of paintings that are bigger on purpose. The other ones are just well, what about arbitrary. that October one the Art Institute has? That's a pretty big one. Yeah, that is a, it's. I never really realized. I kind of thought they were all that big, which actually is crazy now that I think about how how hard it would be to paint them and store them because most of them are really small. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one is. But a they're big still one. pretty big. That shit adds up. Yeah, well, that's what they said. He started making the boxes so that he have a way that he could store them more easily. Mm. So each of the paintings is accompanied by a box that has a clip of the newspaper from that mm-hmm. day. Um, and then I was wondering, so wait, are the big ones in boxes too? Because the minute they say that, I'm like, does the giant 20 by... They didn't display the boxes for the really big ones. Because that's what everyone they, wants to know. The medium-sized ones, like... What's the biggest size box that they have? Um, and how I mean, much I didn't is measure it, it or anything. But, well, was it about uh, yay big or like hey, yay big? Oh, this is the radio. For the viewers at home. For the viewers at home, he didn't actually even gesture at all. <laughs> he just said yay and nay. Uh, like, um, I, well, I don't I'm trying know. to think like 16 by 18 or something. That's not very big. The 20, no, probably like 24 by 36, like some kind of, you know, like uh, this big. No, how big it, is that? For the viewers at home, <laughs> she's making the symbol for a big sphere, like she has a beach ball. <laughs> what about that radiator? You know, you know, Encore's famous beach series. Yeah, it's a series of paintings from the days he went to the beach. Yeah, from his life's a beach series. <laughs> oh, I wish that existed so yeah. bad. I bet he did go to the beach. He probably had a fabulous life. Yeah. He was living in New York and Japan, writing down the oh, days. Sleeping till noon. God, I'm just thinking of like like a cartoon, like a New Yorker cartoon, like making fun of like his diary. It's just like. <laughs> Today the, I went. Yeah. <laughs> he did have that series, I went. And then he I know. Just, each day it would have the uh, uh, map of the city and then in a highlighter he'd draw where he went. Yeah. See, that stuff like that, we were like, that's really fascinating back then. But now it's just like everyone plots that on Google Maps and shit. So it doesn't mean anything anymore. Well, I've been thinking a lot about that, that like um, everything I do or say has a timestamp like that of the exact mm-hmm. moment and day that I did it. So I could like go back retroactively and make some kind of anthology of my life and my movements and the things that I did. Um you don't have to keep track of them. Like things pass you by so quickly, it's hard to keep track of them. But now we have all these devices that track mm-hmm. everything. Um, I'm thinking it, of all these song lyrics that sound you know, like <laughs> time. I don't know. Time. Isn't there a riffraff song that goes like time goes by? It keeps going. Well, it just makes me by. think of that Madonna song from like time moves slowly. <laughs> yeah. So slowly, slowly. Where was that? 2005 or something? Yeah. And that, I cannot, I was like, that's like a really cool sound. And then they're like, oh, we just sampled that shit off ABBA. I was like, oh, bummer. ABBA, really good. Yes. 
Um, so do you know what Abba spells backwards? <laughs> Abba. 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 Abba means father in Hebrew. Yeah. Um, but in Swedish, it means solid gold hits. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then what's the one the, the David Bowie's like? You can track time, but I can trace. It's like time. it's on the tip of my tongue. I hope you're joking. I can track time. No, stop it. Um. So you're saying all that stuff's tracked. Like, like when you go into work, they they can pull up your your uh, swipes. <laughs> well, not me. No, per they can't. No, actually, they can. Don't you? Uh, uh, no, I don't, don't you, like, swipe in. Anywhere. You don't. You don't like uh, put it in front of a barcode scanner or something. Oh, I do. Yeah. So they my fucking, pox card. I yeah, wonder. Uh, yeah. So what? like they can go in and they can go. Oh. I hope they don't because they'll know what, that I've been. <laughs> rolling in there like 15 minutes later every single day. Yeah, yeah. And then one day you'll go in and then your boss will be standing in your cubicle and they'll be like, I notice you've been uh, punching in kind of late. Well, I punched out kind of late too and I could prove that. Oh, yeah. Well, the first rule of a job is staying late doesn't count. Doesn't it? No, because they're always like, we're going to need you to come in on Catterday. Uh, okay, well, anyway, so that kind of gives a better sense of what Encore is about. We'll talk about some of the more specific series, but what Will we, we... Sure. But what we did um, was read the subtitles. Yeah. Because we're a funny podcast, and those yeah. were funny. They were great. Encore is hilarious. This yeah, is I something that you better... probably don't know. I thought it was better to just read them as they are instead of like trying to be all like... Uh deadpan and well yeah well it was kind of fun because it was like trying to sound like we're like trying to be like a newscaster and then it was like nope this is breaking down which is actually what um art form kind of said about the performance of uh one million years which i got to hear it just kept going (laughs) (laughs) i actually got to hear it um i went i went to the show twice wow i'm a nerd on on Um, two separate days on two separate days. days on Valentine's Day. Okay, what day of the week was Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day was on a... um, Saturday. Was it? Okay. Yes. No, it was on a Friday. It was the free night at the Guggenheim. No, you're right. It was a Saturday. And then I went, oh, fuck. Why didn't I write it down? I know I did, actually. This is what I was interested in having happen. Is it's your hard. your it's personal to relationship remember. to the date and the in the way you can be so sure about a date? I think that's interesting. There's like a gap, there's a slippage that occurs when you yeah. forget what day it is. Well, it must have been it must have been on a Saturday because the performance is on Sunday. Um, it's on Sunday, Sunday Wednesday. Damn it, I wrote it all down. I don't remember now. But um, yeah, I went You're on. Like, the, I wrote I down on all the these 14th. Sundays, but they all look the same. <laughs> they all are the same. They all blurred together. <laughs> I went on the fourteenth and the fifteenth, so it must have been Saturday and Sunday. Yes. Wow. Do you know how I know? How? Because I had to work <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Yeah, and I was actually glad because I was like, now I have an excuse to work and just go home at the end of the day and go to sleep. Yeah, and then you got to couple with your Valentine, Bob. Bob, my cat. Aww. Well, the highlight of that day, uh, they played a Smith song at when I went to lunch. 
at, at Burrito Beach. Oh, that is the saddest, best thing to happen it was. on I Valentine's was so happy. Day I've ever heard. And they're just like, I don't want a lover. I just want to be tied down oh my God. or up. I can't remember. <laughs> that is the saddest Valentine's Day memory <sighs> in the history of the world. And Encore recorded them all, so yeah. I would know. Um, I have a really good movie line. What? Uh, from the film... Uh, Street Fighter starring Raul Julia and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme another uh, auteur from Brussels uh, Belgian like the esteemed painter Luke Toymans um, Raul Julia uh, plays M. Bison who is a dictator this is based on a video game I have no idea what you're talking about if you get oh. to the point uh it's a, it's a warlord dictator, and he's talking to this woman who's snuck in, and you know, and so her goal is to like street fight him to death. <laughs> and she has this long monologue about all these horrible things that happened to her in her village, and how M Bison's army came in and like destroyed everyone, and blah blah blah. And he goes, he says something along the lines of, uh, "You know, for you, that was the most important day of your life when you watched your father die in the middle of the street." But for me, it was a Thursday. That's fucked up. Yeah. That was actually a a good quote. Yeah, I'm like, fuck yeah, man. That's crazy. Street Um, Fighter Alpha 2. Well. I still love that game. Yeah. Um, So it was a Sunday when I went back because they had the performance. And I was really glad that I got to hear it, partially because it, it... did activate the space, if I may use the arty words. Because um, you could hear it throughout, you know, sort of echoing. And actually you could hear it louder outside. They were, like, pumping it outside the Guggenheim. So oh, when you nice. walked up, you're like, oh, I'm so excited. It's happening. Um, but it was also kind of the good to it, hear like, it. The way, like, bars because... at Navy Pier play, like, yeah. uh, Margaritaville. Yeah, like, it's party time. <laughs> Um, but it was also good to hear it because it was kind of funny. It wasn't as funny as what we did, which was like, ha ha funny, but it was. What we did was poetry. Yeah. It, it, but it was kind of like funny. And I, I really liked what Art Firm had to say about it. What did they say may. about it? They, they didn't talk specifically about this iteration, but about other people reading it. Um, the girl with the nasally voice was awful. No. <laughs> they said, there's a sharp contradiction between the banal, almost deadening regularity of how the numbers appear on the paper and what actually takes place in the confined, airless space of the performer's booth. Both moments suddenly feel much longer. Brief moments suddenly feel much longer than they are. And as time passes, it becomes increasingly difficult to read the years correctly. Tongues stumble over numbers as they become larger, more reminiscent of sums of money than years. Patience wears thin, minds wander, and then one hesitates for just a second too long, causing one's partner to lose his or her moments, hers or her momentum. Pulse rates and heartbeats accelerate as mild embarrassment takes over. One self-consciousness becomes acute, as does one sense of a shared present that feels much longer than the units used to measure its duration. And that is exactly what that experience was oh, like. We are, yeah, because I thought these were like all really good people and they didn't screw up or anything. Or no, they, they I mean, they're out. just regular people. And I think seeing it in person really drove that home because it was hard to read those subtitles. And I was like, well, it must be easier to read years. But were they were they dressed like really cool? Because all the installation shots I've seen of people reading it, it's like they put on like some Prada, some very like stark Prada. And then they put them in an empty gallery and they're like read and they're like 
Ankuara's dates are as precise as your well manicured bangs. <laughs> uh, no, I mean they were regular like millennial type people, such as myself. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me because I like volunteered and wearing... I got rejected because they already had enough volunteers. Was there like I mean because I would just like to see like one person wearing like uh, Hartford Whalers hockey jersey like reading it you know what i mean like yeah i mean i i mean i'm sure they dressed nice i i can't remember i should have written it down I, but I they were just say, regular i think the reading is cool but i mean honestly the one million years thing i don't i'm not that into because they yeah. don't look like years and i'm like why are you even doing this they don't even look like years anymore yeah no i agree i mean i think sometimes hearing the idea of that project mm -hmm. is more meaningful or just as meaningful as actually experiencing it. I almost feel I think like... And I think it's because you have this like stark, serious looking pages and pages of things that are sort of overwhelming in the way that a lot of his work is because there's so much of it. Mm -hmm. But then when you hear someone read it, it's kind of funny and like a yeah. little bit embarrassing. That sounds interesting. Uh, which I think kind of maybe diminishes like this monumental nature of it, but like makes it almost better because it's like a human experience. Yeah. You're, you're going to laugh when I say this, but I almost feel like he overproduced. <laughs> I did laugh. Yeah, but well, I mean. What do you, when should he have stopped? No, no. I mean, like, he had too many projects where you're like, we get it. Like, he should have just done the paintings. And... Yeah, I think I met and I went are overkill. Yeah. I uh, didn't like those. I'm not so into the million years thing. Because the other reason why I don't like the million years thing is it's speculative. And what I like about you know, the telegraph saying I'm still alive, which totally have like a like serious gallow humors, you know, like there's yeah. something totally morbid and hilarious about getting, you know, this I'm still alive. And you're like, wait, was I worried? Or wait, what? <laughs> well, he had those. He, there's three telegrams and one says, I'm not going to kill myself. Don't worry. The next one says, I'm going to kill myself. Don't worry. And then the last one says, I'm going to bed. Forget it. <laughs> With a set in succession, like in yeah. one day. Yeah, they were all framed in the same frame or like did, in the same area. Right, but were they like in I don't know if they were the same days? day. I took a little picture of it. I'll have to look at it again. But it was not – It. I know it's supposed – like you said, like he's a funny person. You can tell. Yeah. And that is kind of gallows humor. But then yeah. those three made me wonder if it wasn't a joke. As much as... Or he was, like, emotional and then did that and then it turned into the project. Yes. So um, I think those are good. And I think the I got up at um, postcards are really good. And then the date paintings are really good. And, um, yeah, not the I went and the I met and the I way way. <laughs> Let's talk about I, I got up. Okay. What did you get up today? Um... I got up, I believe, at 7.28 a.m. And I can check because my Fitbit tracks when I get up <laughs> and when I go to bed, which is sort of disturbing. 7.28 a.m. What time did you get up today? I don't know. Because you didn't write it down. No. Yeah, that's the thing because you kept texting me like when you'd get up. And then I was like, I don't know, I got up around 8.30. <laughs> Well, because I realized that if you text somebody at the moment that you wake up, like, and it's up to you, I was, I was texting it, like, I count that I got up when I, like, actually get, sit up or stand up, you know, right. not, like, when I open my eyes. 
So if you text someone at the exact moment that you get up, it'll timestamp it and then you'll know what day it mm-hmm. is and what time. You don't even have to say like, I got up at and then like check the time and write it. You just can type, I got up and it will automatically say what time it is. I thought that was really great, but then I realized it was really annoying <laughs> to send people messages at like 7.08 in the morning. Yeah, and then especially when people are like, stop it, it's annoying me. Well, um, I wonder that about um, I Got Up, which is a series of over 8,000 postcards that Anquara sent to people of the exact time when he woke up. Um, I wonder if he ever asked if he was allowed to start sending them to people. Like, I don't think so. I think he was a trickster. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree with that. Sending that, yeah. Um, the Guggenheim had this blog, and uh, the preparators. It was called the Guggen blog. The Guggen blog. Uh, <laughs> the preparators who put actually put up the postcards are in these stanchions. They're like plexiglass, so you can see the front and the back of them. And it's like really an amazing marvel of museum uh, design. Mm-hmm. I I really loved doing it. It was really fun to go around and. It was good to have a friend because you could point to one and then one person on one side would like, so if you're like, so he want... got up at 12. No. I have a baseball stadium. <laughs> no. Yeah. But you're like, wait, which one is this? And then you can go around and find out uh-huh. like what country he was in or something. Um, uh-huh. But one of the preparators said, um, you get the sense that this artist had an enormously great sense of humor. She cites that the cards that Kawara sent to artist Saul LeWitt every day for one month, Kawara sent LeWitt exactly the same card, a view of a holiday inn. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Well, I also like that he like went to the holiday and he's like, "Can I get 30? I know. And okay, I've sent all. I've I'm sent... guessing those were like free, and you'd get one in the room, because like, you know, like Maybe. when you go to like a hotel and there's like one of the there's like one of the downtown, one of like the airport or something, and then one of the hotel you're in. Well, like and he was he had like, this... do you have a box of those in the stock room? He had like a bunch. You know, he would send them even from New York to other people in New York, and. There was this one day he went camping and he sent one from the campsite. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was like, how did he find a postcard from the campsite? I don't know. I mean, p- people are into that, not just artists. Like, it's a novelty. Stamp collectors are into that. There's this thing uh, they do uh, in Minnesota. Um, when the lake freezes, they built this, like, kind of community of different buildings and, you know, uh, what do you what do you call those things like the houses over the ice when you go ice fishing, the shacks? Yeah, sheds. the shanties. Um, but they're all like creative and they do different things and there's artists involved and then just kooky people and there's always a post office and you can send mm. mail from the lake, like the middle of the lake. Wow. During the winter and I thought and then the day we went it was closed already because it was oh. late. But I love that idea that it's also like, well, from. You know, at least half the year, it's also this couldn't even physically exist because it's like water and like the reality has changed so much. Yeah. But when that post office is set up on the frozen lake, you can have it stamped like the lake, one of the 10,000 lakes. (laughs) Well, I, okay, I sent a couple of these postcards just for funsies and it was fucking hard. It was so much harder than I thought it was going to be because. And also, first you had to write with your hands. No, postcards are more expensive than I thought too. They're like they're like three dollars. Where like, were you buying them? The Guggenheim. They have like a premium for postcards, and it was like ridiculous. Yeah, but, but, you, but you oh, sent, Christopher, like, Christopher Williams update: the Christopher Williams postcards were on sale for fifty cents at MoMA. Ugh, but you sent me like landmark ones. 
Just like Ankuara did. Well, yeah, that was the other thing. I was really hoping I would just get postcards of Ankuara paintings. (laughs) I wanted to send postcards of Ankuara paintings, but the fucking gift shop didn't have any. Wow, Jesus. They've got got, uh, Ankuara ones at the MoMA one. That's insane. How does the Guggenheim have... I mean, that's also like, that's the most awesome and stupid this thing ever where they're like, we're going to have postcards <laughs> and there's going to be pictures of dates, of long bygone dates. I would love that, though. I was hoping they had a series of greeting cards that you would like put in an envelope that had like a picture of one of the things. And on they it. would say greetings <laughs> from New York. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was so, oh my God. So I have. But it was also like he always would send a picture of where he was. And I thought that was really good right. too. And it was hard to find postcards. Like today, I went to the Art Institute gift shop to buy a picture of the Art Institute on a postcard and I couldn't find any. I had to buy, you know what I mean? They only have art postcards in like a lot of these places. It was really frustrating. Those fuckers. I don't know if it's because people don't send mail anymore. <laughs> then you got to find a no, mailbox. People... And also two of the postcards I sent still haven't arrived. And that was like a month ago. So, but people like postcards. Like I never wrote letters because they're fucking long. And who wants to write that? But I always love sending postcards. So I would think that the postcard thing would boom, be booming because people are like, you know, yeah. we're not sending, we're, I'm, I've signed up for e-bills, but you know what? I'm going to send a postcard. My cousin, when he was on vacation, um, sent us some postcards from Instagram where you like get your Instagrams converted into a postcard and it sends them. But it's weird because they and send them. And then it gets 3D printed out of a turd because no. fuck that shit. <laughs> it sends them from, Cal- like the postmarks from California. So he was like in Japan, but it would be like, this is a postcard for me enjoying Japan. But then the postmark was from California because that's the company that prints out the picture. That is some stupid ass shit. <laughs> well, it was really thoughtful and cool because it was like a picture of him and not just a picture of like. Right. Yeah, but why didn't he thing. just fucking print it out himself instead of sending it through? Because he was like on vacation. Yeah, but it's so impersonal. No, it wasn't. It was really personal because it was like a picture of him enjoying something and then he wrote a message but on it. But it was printed out by a machine halfway <laughs> around the world. Well, and it would have been different if he had printed it in a machine like yeah, but then he close to like, him. Yeah, but then he would have like picked it up at the Walgreens and then like put it in an envelope. Because they have all those Walgreens in like Indonesia and stuff. Or even when he got home. I don't know. Why would he send us a postcard when he got home? What's the difference between sending a postcard when you got home and sending one from California where neither of you have been? Well, the question is, like, did Encore destroy his postcard if he couldn't mail it? Or was that because like, oh. there were some I couldn't mail them by the end of the day. What do you? Because like, I didn't know. Well, like what kind of world does Nina live in where she's in downtown Manhattan? She's like, <laughs> the sun's going down. <laughs> God. How many That's... postcards did you tear up? Is that why it was so expensive? Yes. Yes. My secret is out. Well, are you serious? No. Oh, man. That would have been awesome. I kept the postcards that I didn't send, and you will get them someday. Well, why don't you just you, – you could it have just been – Well, actually, I was thinking – okay, I also so think I've, there's I've a been... way to, like, look up mailboxes on the internet. I don't know. That sounds – maybe. No, there's not. Well – I'm being told there's not. <laughs> Well, okay, so I started sending, I found on Tumblr or something today. This but it's artist, one of those things where you're like. You're interrupting me. I know, but because I, I just can't get over you not being able to find a postcard Because I was like, had to go to the airport at 3 p.m. And then I was like, well, they'll have, an, they'll have a place to mail stuff in the airport. Guess what? They don't. They don't have a place to mail stuff in the airport. You know what? The most interesting location I found for a mailbox. Hmm. 
there is a depost box in the lobby of the Zentrum Paukle in on the outskirts of Bern, Switzerland. Is that is that stranger than in a, the middle of a frozen lake? Oh yeah, actually no. <laughs> but this one's there year round. But it's just are there well, mailboxes at the Art Institute? You know, there's a lot of high know. rises. There's where a they... payphone in the Art Institute. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. But anyway, it so costs twenty dollars. <laughs> I I found um, this Tumblr that was like a guy who was just basically doing all of Encore's projects, and it's really tempting because you could live yeah. your way by doing them. But yeah, you could make a living. <laughs> no, you could not make a living. I like the way you said it. Though. Like it's really tempting because you could make a pretty good living just no. doing Encore's. No, art. but you could live your life in that way. Yeah, you could. Um, but you could spend all your time trying to figure out pie. Yeah, that's true. Pie Day's coming up, by the way. Yeah. Nobody forget. Um, is it Friday? It's Saturday. Oh, that's fucking... Because it'd be it's awesome March if it was... It's March 14th, 2015. 3.14... 1592655. Oh, I thought it was... Oh, yeah, I guess it depends on which calculation of pie. You know what? I used to be really into, like, pie and, like, figuring it out. and Because there was that movie Pie that came out. Yeah. Um, and my dad just got so fucking mad because... <laughs> He's like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, well, yeah, but if we figured out Pi, wouldn't that like unlock all these secrets? And he's like, no, because you're only <laughs> as accurate as your least accurate number when you're calculating. So if you have like a room and it's like seven feet and nine feet and then you're like, but I know Pi, like it doesn't <laughs> matter because the other ones are all rounded off or whatever. So true. the precision of Pi you're like, is immaterial. Yeah. I was reading this book about the history of Pi and they're saying like, something like eight or nine digits out is like already useless, like based on the mm. precision of the number. And they were, they were comparing it in terms of like solar systems and like, it was really effective if I remember the <laughs> metaphor, but I was like, well, okay, that's a good explanation. <laughs> okay. Well, the point is, is that I was doing these postcards, but I felt like I couldn't just do it exactly like how he did it. Cause that would be lame. So I do like a couple of them in the sort of regular style and then I would like have to mix it up and do something funny. Cause I think it's funnier to do like a funny version of it. I mean, obviously, but well, I was thinking like, stamped. they were all handwritten. Yeah. I didn't have a stamp and I'm like, where the hell do you get that stamp? Also, apparently he's just stopped the series when he lost the stamp. Yeah. His, his bag, his luggage bag that had all the materials to do, it got stolen. <sighs> and he's like, I guess it's I guess done. it's over. Oh, that's so depressing, but also really cool. Oh, it's awesome. It's so quotidian. Yeah. And Is then, it perhaps also a little bit quixotic? <laughs> we may never know. <laughs> um, so I was thinking, like, what if you made one of those and then you, like, kept it for three years oh. <laughs> and then you sent it? Would you – does it have the day on it or you say – Yeah, like you would be one. like uh, – yeah, you'd be like March March 13th, 2015. I woke up at, at 8.40. Yeah, I was thinking I did it's something. It's a Friday, so I'd wake up earlier than that. And yeah. then you would keep it and <laughs> send it in 2017. I like that. <laughs> I did something similar to that because I was like, i so sick of Facebook and, you know, I really try to avoid it. Um, and, you know, like one of the things are like people are like, this thing just happened. And they're always like posting like food and shit they made. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Some under- of you were like. Well, no. So I literally did. I was in therapy and I was complaining about, you know. Uh, how depressing Facebook is and upsetting and irritating and whatever. And then I had the idea and I'm like, 
Because I always take pictures of shit like that and then I never post it or anything. Yeah. So, so. I like, I'm like, you know what I'm going to do when I get home? I'm going to fucking take that picture of that pizza that I made three years ago. <laughs> and I totally posted it. And I just said, this is a pizza I made three years ago. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, I, well, I said, and then one I, of was those like, postcards I was like, that today. was a delicious ass pizza. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but you're like, I don't remember though if it was I don't delicious. Remember. Yeah, I know. Well, it no, must have been if you took a picture of it. I was really proud of myself. Well, anyway, I sent one of the postcards today that said, I woke up like this at 728. Nice. So I have some updates for you. So I thought it was kind of nice how they arrived. Like I, you kept saying, have you been checking your mail? Yeah, 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 you got <laughs> I only mail? asked that because I came home. and I, I know. And you kept wanting to know. And then you're, and I was like, also no. Also because like, friend, what? One of my friends, I sent her one and it hasn't arrived yet. It's oh, been nice. almost a month. So, so I don't know what's going to happen. So you kept that. asking me. And then I opened the mail one day and there were like three. <laughs> All at the same time. All at the same time. And then you said there's one more that never showed up. And then last week it did show <gasps> up. You never told me. It's a surprise for the episode. Right. I've never been more happy. <laughs> and you know what? It They kept sending it to your return address. That's why it didn't show up. Really? So there's like this note like uh, that someone has like. Like they keep re-stamping the stamp, you know, like multiple times. Did you bring it? No, I have a picture oh, of it. You got to show me. I wanted to describe it to you. That is so cool. See with your ears. But that's ears. crazy because so I put, I put like funky return addresses on them as yeah. a joke. So well, this I was is one like, that has your name on it though at the building you were staying in. Oh my god! Well, but what why the didn't best though is there's a big, there's right? a big, no, there's a big circle around my name and address, and then. Like someone at the bail house has circled it and then written and cap two and then pointed an arrow. What? Like <laughs> and they my address, figure out. like they kept sending it to the smaller, tiny one. Oh my written god! Written not in the where you address a postcard. <laughs> I wrote it right in the spot. Yeah. Dad, those postal workers never seen Encore. I mean, no, but also have they never seen a postcard <laughs> where where you write the address really big on the right hand side? And then you could write the return address on the bottom in really small yeah. letters. Yeah, and they oh like God. they sent it to you at that address a couple times, and I don't think it like made it. So because maybe it was like Carl Andre's house or something. <laughs> or... Which do you remember what it said? Uh, we'll have to look at the picture. It said like uh... two of them were the place where I wrote them. One of them was at the Met. One of them was on Koara's address in nineteen seventies, nineteen sixty six or nineteen sixty eight. It's, one uh, of them was sent uh, by Ankoara. <laughs> one of them was sent by Sturdevant. I'm I'm mixing it up. It says, "Are you ready?" Mm-hmm. I got up at nine fifty six a.m. What day? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Where does it say the day on? On it? the top. Oh, February thirteenth, two thousand sixteen. That's 15. the first one that 15. I sent. The first one. Yeah, and then it, my address is circled, and then there's an arrow, and then it says two. <laughs> so stupid. And you can see the multiple strikes on the uh, stamp. And, oh, yeah, and they crossed out, you know, like at the bottom where they print, like, the vertical lines when they're mailing stuff. They've crossed those you out. Know, really USPS is, like, amazing because for, like, 46 cents or whatever, they'll send your letter <sighs> – all the way across the country, it's like pretty cool actually when you think about it, because that's not a lot of money for them to send stuff far. But like, really, come on, get it together a little bit. They're also like, 
what the fuck? They're like, you know, this was like they're having meetings about it. And like, why does this thing keep being sent back to us? <laughs> and they're like, oh, the one with the the address on it. And they're like, we still have to deliver it. And they're like, who would send such a thing? <laughs> this and postcard's then, not even informative at all. Not, it doesn't even say anything. And then there's this one old guy in the back and he's like, oh, I remember. <laughs> like he's having these flashbacks. <laughs> And they think it's like it's like in it's like the male world equivalent of like a serial killer coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, the most remarkable thing about those postcards is that Ankara never woke up at the same time. Ever. He also never went to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like amazing that he was so disciplined to keep up all of these projects for like 40 plus years. And he would like he it would be like I got up at six fifteen a.m. I got up at twelve thirty eight p.m. I got up at eight fourteen a.m. <laughs> I'm just saying. I got up like, at eight fourteen sixty o'clock. I mean, he would just like. I mean, it, there were so many cards where he woke up almost at five p.m. that it was just like, what the fuck? Like, how did he have time to make a five hour painting? Before midnight. Well, I always wondered about that, too, because, like, as far as I'm concerned, the day ends when you go to sleep. Because I was That's doing this. That's totally true. I agree. I was doing this for a while, the Daily Comic Journal, when I was drawing these cartoon dogs. But I was still really into Encore and Robert Ryman. So, like, my I was doing these cartoon dogs, but my heroes were, like, really strict conceptualists. <laughs> and so I'd, you know, draw a comic every day that I, you know, not every day, but I would try to. And that was the thing. It could be three in the morning, but if I was up from the day, then that was the day. So the day ended when I went to sleep. So I wonder about that. Yeah, no, I totally agree because I definitely sent some of these postcards at like three o'clock in the morning. I was like, it what, counts. Like what are those like sleazy all night post offices? <laughs> <laughs> what do you yeah. want? Oh, next day. Ooh, high roller. <laughs> You want a blowjob with that? Yeah. <laughs> no. They're, they're like, uh, come on, you got to yes and me here. Like, like, let's think of like what would a seedy like strip like. So it's like, well, they'll strip, but you can't touch them. So they're like, what? Like, uh, you know, like they'll meter the envelope, but like you can't touch them. Like you hand them the postcard, they'll put the stamp on it for you. Yeah, you can't pick what, you can't lick the stamps yourself. Yeah, I guess it's the opposite because, like, strippers, you're not supposed to touch them. And the mail's like, uh, you go to the post office and you're like, can I just mail this? And they're like, here's the stamps. Put them on. Go to the end of the hall and put it in that mailbox. Oh, my God. So. But I suppose at the strip club post office, you'd, like, go through, like, a beaded curtain and then put it. <laughs> this is a really lucrative idea, but I don't yeah. think we should do it. Um, I need someone who's as stupid and dirty mind as I am to help me riff on this idea of like a sexy post office. I'm sorry. I'm not in a sexy, sexy and uh, utilitarian mindset at the same time right now. I'm just thinking oh, man, about that Ankara. Communist. <laughs> that sounds like um, a communist wet dream, like a, a really efficient post office <laughs> run by the state. Yeah, they would never go for a beaded curtain there, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, we have so much. <laughs> I have so much to say, but like not that. I feel much, like this so conversation guess... is too random and colorful for Ankara. Like it should. Yeah. Well, like we should just be repeating numbers back to each other in sequence. Well, the beaded curtain is only in gray, blue, and red. Right. 
It's weird. It's weird because I don't know what to talk about because you didn't see the show, but you have a very personal connection to Encore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could talk about that. Sure. So uh, when I was a kid, I, I used to be really, well, I'm still fascinated with these things, but one thing I would think about going to bed, uh, like you're laying there in the darkness. Um, I'd think about, and it's probably because you're laying there in the darkness and maybe there's like a night light or you see the light from the hallway on or something. Um, and I was a big National Geographic fan. So I would think like, what's going on in the pyramids right now? You know, like I just, National Geographic Explorer used to be on like Sunday nights and so it was like a big event and it'd be kind of late. And, you know, they were like, we're going to the Titanic tonight or we're going <laughs> to uh, like crypts or something, you know, like, and so you're there when the camera crew's there, but then I'm like, well, I'm, you know, the show's over. No, um, and I'm like laying there in the darkness, yeah. and I'm like, right now there is still the Titanic, and like as we're sitting here right now, we're thinking, just think about that for a minute, like how weird that is that like right now in Egypt there's this like deep tunnel in this great pyramid in darkness, and just like what's going on there? Yeah, no, it's that's like a really beautiful thought. I'm laughing because I have that same thought, but <laughs> mine manifests as like I wonder what celebrities are having sex right now. <laughs> oh man. I'm like, wow. Because, like, right now, there could be some celebrities having sex. Do you and maybe they're both that? famous. No, uh, I don't think, yeah. So I then I was going to say. I'm actually wide awake at night thinking Jesus. about Jesus. Yours is a lot more poignant and beautiful. Yeah. I won't disagree. So then part of that was, like, you know, like, you're getting out of the shower, and I'd be like, I wonder if Ankuara made a painting today. And I used to, like, I think, like, we could take comfort in that fact or something. And so now it's really sad to think that, like, there's no more today paintings. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, has time stopped or something? Or, like, like does someone else need to start doing that to, like, keep time going? Or I don't know. Yeah. Like, just this idea well, of, guess... like, did he make a today painting? Is he there? Is he? It's two in the morning. Did he finish a painting on time? Or, like, is he working on a painting right now? Yeah. No, definitely. But um, I think the point, and I don't know if it makes me sad or comforted that time will go on, is that he didn't exist for so many millions of years before, mm-hmm. and he's not going to exist for so many millions of years again. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the part of the exhibition that I had a, a really big emotional reaction to were the 100 years calendars. Mm. He had two calendars, and each had 100 years, and then for every year that he was alive, he would put um, a yellow dot Right. And then for each day he made a today painting, he would put a red dot. So you could actually check if you could remember when you were a kid what, or mm-hmm. when you were younger what day you thought that. You could find mm-hmm. out. Um, and then uh, he would put a black day. A black dot represents Sunday. And then he would un, uh, he would put a blue dot or a red dot on the day he made two paintings. I don't remember exactly the right. color Right, yeah, there's scheme. a system to it. But then he also has like books where he would have the swatch of the color of the painting of the day. Yeah, they had those in the exhibition too. But the calendars were, like, really, um, like, hard to look at because it it just was, like, he – you could see these, like, just really short amount of lines for all of the days that he was alive for so many decades. And just realizing of those days, I had only been alive for a fraction of them. Mm -hmm. And that my whole life could maybe be contained on one sheet because I was born right – um, at the beginning, basically, of the 21st century, and that you could maybe, 
uh, you know, that the sheet went to the year 2100 and um, it's possible because we don't know what the future holds, but it's po- I might not ever live to see the year 2100. And it was really uh, yeah, hard to Yeah, wouldn't you be like that. 110 or 20 or something? Yeah, which is not that unreasonable because we don't, you know, people live to be 90 now and yeah. they didn't, you know, a generation ago. Yeah, but see, people are always saying that and that's bullshit because that's just like... Well, yeah, uh, I mean, it's a mortal. It's like a disbelief in mortality. It's like the physical impossibility of death in the mind of someone living. That is exactly <laughs> the phrase that I thought yeah. of when I saw that. Yeah, well, well I you're don't like, think... well, I'm sure by the time I'm a hundred, people will be living to two hundred. No, but I think by the time I'm a hundred, I might live to be hundred and ten. I mean, right. I don't, but but um, there's a very real possibility that I won't. And yeah, it was really. Um, and Ankhwara certainly didn't, and it was just strange to see the entire span of your life, and maybe more than that, just contained yeah. on one sheet. Well, and I think it's also fucked up that he died before the retrospective. Like, yeah, they were like planning it. You yeah. know, yeah. There's another, and I was think, yeah, I think about that too with artists where you're like, well, what that, a bummer. Yeah, that was like the Sarah Charlesworth show, Sarah mm-hmm. Charlesworth Stills, that was at the Art Institute in the fall. Um was also really sad because I I hadn't heard of her before and I read a lot about her and wished that I had known her and it mm-hmm. was like too late because I only found out about her after she had died and maybe because she had died. And I, yeah. I do feel that way a little bit about Ankwara. Oh. I mean, these would have come out, but I don't know if I would have, you know, you were like, the day he died, you were like, do you know who Ankwara is? Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was like, um, I don't know. What did he do? And you're like, the paintings of the date, and you were like, you were like ready I'm to murder. I'm banging my head against You were like the ready microphone. to murder me that day, and now you're remembering how much you wanted to murder me. Um, and I did know those paintings, and I also knew them because when I was in AP Art History, we had these slides, and the first slide was just like <laughs> I don't remember what it said on it, but it was like a black slide with some number <laughs> on it, and the teacher didn't know if it was an encore painting or if it was just the first slide in the bun- in the batch, and it was just the first slide. Awesome. That's like, that's a cool thing. Like, I think probably the best kind of art is the art that fools an art person into thinking it's not art. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Can Do you have an example? Yeah. There's a Heimold Zobernick uh, bench that the Art Institute oh, owns yeah. that they had outside the uh, photo galleries in the modern wing. Someone posted that to Reddit. And, and my, they were like, the guard just yelled at me for sitting on the art, quote unquote. But you're supposed, but it's, it's supposed to be a stupid know, bench. It's, it's like bench. it's like cork on top of like white foam. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there with my sister, and she was like, "Oh, I bet that's art." And I'm like, I don't, "I'm like, I think it's packing material." <laughs> and we had this debate, and she was like, "It's weird and stupid. It has to be art." <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't think it is. I think it really is just stuff sitting there. And we had this huge debate and she won. It was art. It got me. Yes. I was like, oh, you got me. That's a good one. I um, sent him a postcard. I said, oh, you got, got me. Um, do you want to talk about your encore dream? No. That's for me. And You told me you wanted to talk about it oh. on the podcast. So now you have to. Uh. So Ankawara like never let himself be photographed or interviewed or anything like that. 
And Which is like a really important part because it's like you know so much about his life and everything he did every day, but I don't really know anything there's about him at all. Yeah, there's something in the anonymity of just painting the day that makes you because it makes you think these intimate things about, uh, you know, like what's going on at the Great Pyramid or who Natalie Portman's inside of or, <laughs> Wait, or who's what? inside, <laughs> what's eating Gilbert Grape, um, because it makes you think these these sort of like. I don't know, Cartesian things. Um, Which I thought the subtitles were connected to. Yeah, I thought the subtitles were much more personal than any other work he had. Yeah, which is why it makes sense that he stopped doing them. Mm -hmm. Because it's all about this. His work is also about this like long term refinement. Yeah, he had that one that was um, I'm Afraid of My Today paintings. Whoa. We read that. You got to go back to the last episode and listen to it. That's pretty good. Um, So I was like really big into him. I still am, but you know. Anyway, I was really into it, and like so, fight on. Now it's like they've got a bunch. Um, but they had these like monograph books that were coming out, and I found out there was one of Encore coming out. And I was like so excited, and I couldn't wait, and I couldn't wait, and I worked at the the art museum as the coat checker at the MCA, and I'm like, they're gonna get the book. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait. And I was like so excited, I had a dream about it, the way like when you're a kid and you have like a dream about a toy you like really want. <laughs> and so the thing working at the MCA, like you know, sometimes famous artists would come in, and you'd get to meet them, uh, and like Vito Acconci and stuff, or. Uh, Todd Oldham came during the height of this Todd Oldham target fame. <laughs> he designed some like dorm materials for, for target sell out. No, I, well, I think that was the point. He was like some kind of hip designer. Oh. Uh, so it would, it was, you know, not unfeasible that Ankara would show up at the museum. Well, it actually totally is, but, in, but I mean that a famous artist, yeah, but that like a famous artist would. So then my dream, it's also like the dream is like kind of black and white, but kind of bluish. And in the dream, he had like this, like there was something wrong with him. And that's why he uh, wouldn't be photographed or appear in public. And it turned out that like, uh, like his right eye was like a black hole. <laughs> It's so freaky. Like literally a black hole. And so I have this like vivid dream of like his face slowly turning into a black hole. And it was like sort of like, oh, that's why you don't meet. And he's like, it's getting worse. Oh, my God. It's so freaky. <laughs> and yeah. Wow. So that's that's the dream life of Ankawara. So I wonder what he was doing when I had that dream. Wow. I don't know. Well, if you could remember what day the book came out, you could find out if he made it. Oh, I don't know. This was like this was like dreaming, wanting to see the wanting to get the book. Right. So it could be like you could look two weeks before and see which paintings he made two weeks before the book came out. Maybe. No, there's no way to track it. Did you get the book? Yeah. Fuck yeah, I did. (laughs) Was it everything you dreamed of? Yeah, but then they did something stupid because there's like the part of the fight on series is to have an interview, and then like he doesn't do interviews, so then they like he just invited people that know him well to like say something. And I was like, uh, that's giving too many people autonomy outside of you to talk about you. Yeah. Like they should have just had like the questions that the interviewer would have asked him and then no answers or something. 
Or like answered everyone with just like putting a date painting below it. Yeah. Or that's like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> or they could just be like, uh, I'm just here because I want the book fee. <laughs> just print pages from I met and like yeah. I went. No, see, that's you having too much creativity about it. There's like a certain deadpan nature. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm always just looking for like a funny twist on it. Yeah. Um, I can't think of anything in that way. But um, anyways, I loved this exhibition. I thought it was great. I thought the venue was great for it. I I haven't seen a lot of shows at the Guggenheim, but I imagine it's not easy to have a show that fits with the spiral. Right. And this was perfect with it. So uh, I highly recommend it. Um, and I highly recommend standing in front of some paintings and like crying and stuff. It's very emotional experience. I always there's probably nothing better than Nina openly <laughs> weeping in front of October third, nineteen eighty six. Like that's I think that's the most art ever. Yeah, well, there, you couldn't put more art into that. No, well, I was the way that I described it was, um, if you. I mean, it's the sublime. You're experiencing the sublime when you see all those dates laid out Um, because you could look at some kind of transcendental painting from the 19th century and see a raging waterfall and the the power of nature and feel really emotional about that. But I think it's just as valid to feel emotionally about experiencing the infinite sublime. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, anything else? Are we yeah, good? Yeah, I know I have a good I have a good thing to end on because when we had Great. our our death unit in health class and we had to do a collage of what you would spend your last day on earth doing. <laughs> and uh so we all got up and like told everyone. Uh and then he's like, "Yeah, I want you to think about that, you know. What would you do? What if it was your last, you know, it's your last day?" Are you asking me? No. No. (laughs) No, I don't have an answer, so I'm glad you're not asking. No, I'm trying to do something moody. Oh, create ambiance. Yeah. You're ruining the (laughs) ambiance. So think about your last day and what you would do with that 24 hours. Now think it's your last hour, your last minute. Your last second. And scene. <laughs> um, this has been I Don't oh. Hate This. Uh, thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at I Don't Hate This. You can check out our Tumblr for images of Encore and various things. I don't hate this pod.tumblr.com. If you have any fan mail or questions or suggestions, you can email us at I don't hate this at gmail.com. And you can like us on Facebook, basically like every social media except for Instagram. <laughs> if you'd like to tell us what time you got up at, you can email us at. Oh, we should I get a PO box. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, we don't have one, so write a postcard, take a picture of it, and then email it at I don't hate this at gmail.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Bye.